Mr. Naomi. Yeah, and you had like Takano Sato, Chiono Fuji. Then you had like guys like Wakashimazu, you know, superstars, Hokenyu. Yeah. These, these guys were like ass kicking sumo torres, man. <laughs> Three, two, one, and we are live. Yes, sir. So, an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, my brother. But seriously, what was going on in the 90s or whenever it is that they robbed you of becoming the first Yokozuna ever? Oh, like, I just was, read up on it today randomly. Oh, and it's really? like, and, and they're like, what? Hinkaku? Like, what is that? That's what they don't know what it is. Dignity? You didn't have dignity? That's just ridiculous. Maybe my ass was too big or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a crazy time in my life, bro. Yeah. And, you know, and my focus was pinpoint. I'm not, I was like a sharpshooter. When I slept at night, I only saw me making Yokozuna. Yeah. And... I think after my injury, I came back from my huge injury. Yeah. Um, on my left, was it my right knee? And I came back and became Ozeki yeah. within the five years. So you were the first Ozeki ever yeah, in yeah. sumo history as a non-Japanese. So with the momentum I had, my brain was so focused. The pain I had, I didn't feel pain. You know how when you're so focused on things, yeah. you can't really feel the pain. Yeah. So consecutive, I was doing so good, became Ozeki. And then I won tournaments, like... Won a tournament, runner-up, won a tournament. And then the word started going out like, hey, he might be Yokozuna, you know, Yokozuna. Yeah. But, you know, it's something that I can control. But the things that happened that made the Sumo Kyokai kind of crazy, it's what one of my boys who used to be from Hawaii was mm -hmm. at home mm -hmm. when um, Japan, not Japan, but New York Times called to get an interview yeah. of me. Yeah. But I wasn't there. Uh -huh. I was in Hawaii. Okay. I, was, I just got married, my first marriage. I was in Hawaii um, celebrating a wedding in Hawaii. Yeah. I didn't know that was going on when, 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 when I was gone. But when I arrived at the airport in Osaka, the boys called me and said, don't come to the stable. I said, what's going on? Bro, there's so much media out here. They're searching for you. What, what happened? And then I heard that, well, he said, they're saying like, racist? Oh. Who said that? So, it so also, it's just one comment, right? And it just like escalated. Like, yeah, it would, it's one of the biggest nuts. things that kind of hurt me through my whole career, yeah. which I don't really talk too much about it. Yeah. But I'm coming out with my book, so I'm finally talking about it. And I just, it, it's good you bring it up because it's still fresh in my head. I'm yeah. talking about it. Um, it, it. It was crucial for me to get back on my feet physically, mentally, yeah. to get where I was before that happened. Because once that struck, struck me, I couldn't focus. Right. Like, I got to a point where, what the hell? I didn't have all this pain. But right after that happened, like, I was in pain. I was, like, practicing. I was still kicking butt. My tournaments, I was still winning, like, 11, 12. But I didn't feel nothing. Wow. Like, so like winning wasn't nothing to me. Like, I didn't feel yeah. nothing. And, and I was just trying to focus on trying to, Tell myself, bro, just just get back on get back on the trail, man. Get back on the trail. I'm trying to get myself back on the trail. But I lost everything. My focus lost. If you notice after if you go back and look in the history when that happened, right after that, everything just went down. Yeah. And that's why you can tell as an athlete, your heart and your mind plays the bigger part than the physical part. Oh, it's huge. It's everything. It's everything. And, and I learned that from from that few experience, especially that experience, because I told myself, what the hell? I couldn't do the things I did yesterday. Yeah. And it's just yesterday. And it's not like 
I stayed off. I didn't train for like a couple of days. I, I just trained yesterday. Right, right, right. You know, like it's so funny. And um, I want to I want to ask you about this one though because I think it's like it, it must be like this is turning point in your career where you like mm. you've been focused and driven like and you've literally like moved away at mm. like 18 years old you came to japan right yeah. i also came to japan at 18 years mm. old so we're going to talk about it a little bit later on but yeah. so you you're here and and this is like the chance this is like the first non-japanese yeah. um sumo wrestler who's won enough tournaments mm. to become the first yokozuna mm. in history and then they rob it off you and it, it must have broken your heart it break me bad it right? was bad um i was suicidal yeah i was ready to kill myself the day that i came back and the way they talked when i did that uh media conference that moscow me that shakai can huh. i went and i told my wife who had just got married to about a month before that that we was getting getting divorced go home because my life is done wow and i ripped all my phones i called a sumo stable i told a boss I'm done. You don't need me anymore. I, I I quit. And I ripped all my phones off. I made a phone call to one of my good friends who tell me, don't let anybody know, but give me a ticket that takes me anywhere but the U.S., Hawaii, Africa, Turkey, any place, any place that people wouldn't know me who I am. And I was going to get on the plane and just leave. I mean, this is going to, I'm going to be very strange for me to say yeah. this, but I mean, you were not just a large man, you were physically also really, is, really yeah. large. So it's not like you can go anywhere in the world and hide. No, but, you know, to certain places, people wouldn't pick me off. Like, you know, still early, still I'm young in my career then. Yeah. If you think about it, it was, what, 20, maybe 25, 26? Yeah. You know? Because wow. I made Ozik at, uh, how was it, 22? So I, it was five years into my career that I became an Ozeki. Yeah. So it it just, it just stopped me. I couldn't focus, man. Right. But um, how does I, how does one like deal with that, and how do you move forward? Because you stayed for a very long time as, yeah, a, as a wrestler, professionally, still fighting. So the funny thing about it, my manager and my driver then he 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 did something real, real cool that kind of you know, with time you kind of kind of blend yeah. and kind of mellow out, right? So he took me, yeah, he told me I told him to take me to the airport, and he took me on this drive. And he just drove for like eight hours <laughs> all the way down like Tohoku. He just drove away. Wow. And he says, I can't let you do this. And he just kept on driving. And then as everything come, I calmed down. It's funny thing because a lot of bad things would have happened because my wife would have killed herself at the same time too. Wow. Like that's how bad he was. Yeah. Like when I told him, you got to go home. I don't want to hurt you because what's going to happen to me. Yeah. She said, well, if you go, I go. And like She grabbed a knife right before I grabbed the wow. knife in our apartment. That's how bad it was. So it's not talking about heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like taking my life. I was ready for go. Wow. And I kept on for a whole year just talking to my mom. Like, mom, yeah. I'm so sorry, but can I handle this? I can't, I, and I cannot come home. I cannot embarrass you guys. Yeah. I did this for you guys. I cannot come home half-ass. I cannot do anything half-ass. I represent my family. I love my family. I cannot. Yeah. She kept on crying, just come, don't worry about it, just come. I can't, I can't. So I kept on my phone calls with my mom, like every other day, it kept me just, you know, hanging on, hanging on. I just was finding a way just to hang on and, and get my mindset to where just, just do the normal sumo. No, I have to try to get to the next point, just just be normal and just yeah. be there and enjoy the rest of the your career. Wow. And that's when I could like 
Kirikai, I could like change right. my mindset and not worrying about trying to win tournaments or trying to be, you know, after job from Ozeki, no worry about it. If even a job, because right after that, year la- a year later, I, I lost my Ozeki rank. Right, right. And right. I held it for seven years, seven, yeah. seven years, seven, over seven years. But you fought for like, what, a total of 15 years, I think yeah, it was? Yeah, almost 16 years in my wow. summer career. So when did you retire? It was um, 1980, 1997. Yeah. 97. So for all the, I want to talk a little bit about the the, the other foreign, like the uh, uh, Yokozunas, and, and mm. because you were definitely the the, the first to mm. come in, right? Yeah. So I don't know. How's it, how does it start? Like how does, because I used to sit, like I came in 1991, mm. right? And you're right at the pinnacle of your, top yeah, of your yeah, career yeah. right then, yeah. right? I used to sit in Seiza in front of the TV mm. and like just go, oh, you know, I was mm. like, when I finish uh, Karate Uchi Deshi, I want to become a, a, a sumo wrestler. Mm. And it was like, but there was you, right? Yeah. And you just had this presence inside like mm. the, the arena. It's like, oh, there he is. That's mm. the man just walks in and just sits down. You're watching it, getting ready for the next fight. Mm. And there was, it was always exciting, like super exciting. Mm. My mindset was always like, I won the match before I even did the match. Yeah. And I should picture, I picture my, my opponent the day, the day, because you know a day ahead that you, who you're fighting the yeah. next day. By the time I walk up the ring, I sit, I close my eyes, I picture myself, I know how this guy's grabbing his salt. I know how he steps onto the ring. I know how he wrestles. And I picture myself, okay. Then I have a beat in my head, goes, dum, 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 okay. I said, that's the rhythm. One, two. One, two, you just got to hit him with the rip, come down with the rip, rip with the left, with the arm right to the face. That's it. One, two, boom, boom. And then I, and then my head just saying, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, my eyes are open, but my head is like, boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. And then everything after that, if it hits right, yeah, I'm guaranteeing you the guy is already up. Yeah. So it's, it's an open shot, you know. And then I used to bet with my, my skibitos, yeah. my servants with me, my apprentices. They always, always go, I bet you guys are gonna kick his ass in three hits. They go, nah. They, they all put that like the say in. I, <laughs> I go there, I go, boom, boom, boom. And he's gone. Hey, guys, owe me say in. Hey. <laughs> next day, I'm gonna hit this guy three hits. Like, three hits. I'm gonna, gonna kick his ass. Like, boom, 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 boom. No, they go, no, that's three and a half. Like, you know. <laughs> so I used to, you know, when you're top of the game, it's not. You're not afraid. You're not thinking about losing anyway. Yeah. The way I was, the way I looked at it, it's yeah. like I don't know if you study your wrestlers, your your opponents. Uh, it was a different sport. You got to study because it's different. You, there's kicks and punches and holes yeah. and stuff. But sumo, it's it's that if you hit your opponent perfectly, even if he steps away. Yeah. If your eyes is on a my style of sumo, if I hit it perfect, even if he steps away. Yeah. He's actually taking taking weight away from himself because when you step away, your weight gets lighter. Yeah, you have to move certain ways, which you make you lighter. So all I have to do is pound him. My arms are so strong. I was benching like five hundred pounds then. Wow! Boom! It's just all I have to hit. So yeah. my, I had pretty good feet for a big boy. <laughs> so every time they move, I wanted them to move because it made my work job my my job easy. Right, right, right. So that's insane. So I had the I had the honor of doing a. Um, a show for NHK World. Yeah, I saw that with um, with Hakuho, yeah. uh, Yokozuna, and he we so because he's a Yokozuna, you're you're not allowed to 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 like you know wrestle him or or, or fight mm. him, right? Um, but so they just wanted to like do the like the, the face off, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you call it, yeah. And so when we did that, he looked at me, he goes, "Karu yaruka," <laughs> and he's like, "I desu ka? I was like, "Yes, can I really try this?" And so he's about 160 kilos, right? Yeah. 
solid. Yeah. Mm. No, he's not fat at all. Yeah, there yeah. Is, he is he's solid, solid, solid. His, solid. his, his, his gluteus maximus and his thighs is unbelievable. <laughs> so obviously he just stood up <laughs> and walked, <laughs> just stood up and walked. Right. But I could not understand the speed that he stood up with. Oh. Because if you've, if you've not like, because I've never really wrestled a real sumo wrestler, mm. The moment he stood up, I mean, he was already there, right? Mm. So he hit with his shoulder on the top of my head, right? Mm. And it was, and he was not even going hard. He yeah, just yeah. literally just stood up because I could see it on the video. He's mm. not even trying. Mm. But the speed that he came up with in that one moment, mm. and then that, like, the, what do you call that? The, 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 the shock on my head. head to your neck. It went all the way down my spine. And I was like, fuck, I literally thought I'd broken my neck or something. I just stood there, did like this. Uh -oh. it, it's dangerous. Uh -oh. Yeah. So I would try to always explain because I hosted some NFL players during my career. Right, right. And the difference is when you're hitting, when you're hitting a, a football, it's it's your head, your shoulders, and you're ripping into your guy. Right. So not all your weight is in there. Right. But in sumo, we hit with your body. We 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 tend to break down our arms, our elbows. Tuck our elbows to our buddies. Yeah. We tuck our jeans, and we hitting with our buddies with, so that, to the feet, the hand, and the head all have to hit at the same time. Oh. So it's like slamming an ice box into you. Oh my god! So that's the that's the weight that you feel. It's always there. Boom! Anyone would understand the power of this if you've not really experienced it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's you incredible. See, when you see, like, I've dealt with some rugby players from Europe, yeah. uh, some NFL players that came. And they'd be amazed at the strength because our legs, our, yeah. our college, is, our, our rear ends is the one that keeps the strength. Right. Our toes are, are like digged into the ground. Oh, so yeah. you can't, it's like pigs. Yeah. And you break down. So no matter how strong you are, you can hit me all you like, wood and move. <laughs> I know. You're stable, you know? Yeah. But when we hit you, oh. we're stepping into you. Yeah. So if you look, if you look at a football player when a defensive player is rushing, he's going into the guy with his hands. True. But he's he's outstretched. His body's overstretched. Right, right, right. But if you see sumo, you're <sighs> trying to pick up the guy with your with the with the full hit. So it's it's trying to lift the guy to get him up because that's the that's the idea of the yeah. the, the matches. Yeah. If you can get a guy standing up, then he's he's gone because right. he's, he cannot control. He's all light. Yeah. That's why somebody big like me gets get thrown his ass by Chiono Fuji because Chiono Fuji gets under me so quick. And when I try to go around it takes my weight off. It right. takes some kind of weight off because I'm stretching over. Right, right, right. And then once once you see that, boom, the, the throws come. Because you know the weight, well, how it's, he, he takes advantage of it. And that's where Aikido right. comes from. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. Using your start, opponent's so, power and yeah, strength yeah, and strength momentum's, and right? Momentum. Yeah. Taking care, yeah. So that's like sumo is the only sport in the world which is mixed martial art that doesn't have weight classes. Right. Because the 84 techniques that have in sumo, majority of them is for the, made for the small guy. Wow. Interesting. So you just said uh, Chiyono Fuji. So Chiyono Fuji is like a legendary uh, yokozuna. He was the, but you he's the best. Yeah, I, right? I, I, I wrestled him a lot. And and I'm the glad. The good thing I liked about it is um, they have a great history with him because I, he was the first yokozuna I beat. Oh, wow. And that was like only into my third year when I became um, Makunuchi. Right. And um, after that, you know, for having a yokozuna to come to your stable yeah. and call you out at your stable to, to train. 
he was an honor. I was wow. I loved it because I didn't understand it then. Yeah. But for me, bruh, if I'm wrestling with the best, I'm only gonna get better. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I was wrestling with the best. He didn't care about the other guys. He was like, probably you're so pissed off that I beat him the first time. He's coming back for vengeance, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how he is, man. If you lose to somebody during a tournament, doing you know, like during our sumo tours, yeah. you better watch out. He's going to come for you, man. Wow. he call you out. Come, come. <laughs> and like Sambang, he, he, no matter how tired you are, you're all sand, you're bleeding. Come on, one more time. He just gonna he's gonna grind you to the ground. I said, "Well, when come tournament, now you better watch yourself." Exactly. Like you know, you was lucky last tournament. Oh man, how must that have felt? Like because right, you guys are like superstars in Japan. Right. Like you know, you go, you go to like this uh, when you go to the tournaments. Yeah, after the tournaments, everybody's like you know inside you you, you get feeling. Like that. <laughs> and you know because we're so humble, we're not allowed to do that right. kind of stuff, right? You right. know, it's like wrestling, course. Everybody feels that. I know everybody feels that way. Because when it comes to practice, bro, it's like practice was like so hagishi. Yeah. Hagishi means like people was trying to kill each other. Practice. Yeah. And you knew like, oh, you can't tell that guy no like that guy. You know, it's practice, you know. But they don't give a shit. Nothing is half-assed in practice, man. I used to watch that. I used to feel so good because I was young. I didn't understand Japanese at the time. Mm -hmm. And Jesse and Fuji Sakura, who's my senpai, Asashio, they're all my senpais. So they... They would send me on guys they never like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so like, you know, I like, I like fighting. I like to fight. So I don't, I wasn't, I didn't care who who was my opponent. I would be there. I, wow. I, I would fight anybody. And like, and you guys like really like you you practiced the same way that you actually fought, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <sighs> and I don't slow down too, man. You know, when you like practice, you don't know, hurt each other. Fuck that. <laughs> Go all I'm in, coming man. up, boom, I, I'm, I'm whacking people, <laughs> boxing teeth and broken nose and, oh, and you got to do that for the whole month on the tour, bro. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, you know, strong survives, brother. Yeah. There's no such thing as the cut. Okay, so, so okay, so I want to know, just like, as how does one get picked to become, to come to Japan and like, as a sumo wrestler, how did it happen for you like back in, in the my day? case? I was actually uh, cutting class out of school, uh -huh. and I was uh, in Waikiki, where the most famous beach. I was surfing, and there was a guy who. So was how a, heavy were you back then? I was about um three twenty, three twenty five. I played That's football. Still big. Yeah, I was big. I could dunk a tennis ball in high school. Wow. And I was a power lifter, so I was already was squatting over six hundred, deadlifting six hundred. Holy crap! My best. My best bench press then at the meet at when I was 16 was 402. 402 for bench press? At 16. Wait, wait, how, how much is that? In, that's like nuts. 402. That's almost 200 kilos. That's maybe almost 190 200 kilos. Years, yeah. I was, a, I was a monster. I was, I had strength. <laughs> Natural, but no right, vitamins, right. nothing. Just, yeah. just terror and best food minis, bro. Wow. <laughs> but I, okay. I started, that's where I started. It was last week of high school. I went to the beach. This guy called me over. And in Hawaii, through respect, if an older person calls you, you have to go. Yeah. So I was 18, uh, just did 18. He goes, hey, son, he was a famous professional sumo uh, wrestler, like WWE. Right. In those days, he's super famous. They call him the king, Curtis, Curtis the Boo Yo Care. Wow. He's well known. Yeah. But we all knew who he was, so he has all these cuts on his head. And he, <laughs> yeah, so cutting, right? <laughs> I know. I know you, number 79 for pack five. I go, yeah, uncle, that's me, number 79, play for pack five. Oh, you should be a sumo wrestler. I said, oh, uncle, I don't know what is sumo. I've never seen sumo before. I said, no, you look like Kitanomi when he was young. Like, who the hell is Kitanomi? Like, you know, right. I don't know who 
And come to find out, he was one of the youngest grand champions in sumo. Wow. So we kept on talking back and forth, back and forth. I was cutting class all week, so I always see him at the beach. And I'm the only guy who got caught at the beach not doing kitchen waste <laughs> because I'm talking to him. Yeah. He wants to get me to meet Jesse. Jesse's coming. Get coming to Hawaii. You got to meet him. Yeah. So that's where it started. And then I had only a few questions. Do I need money to go to Japan? Right. Will I have a place to live in Japan? Yeah. And then I just, yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> and then I, so I you had literally like no information other than no, that. No, I didn't even see sumo. I didn't know how even sumo looked like. Well, this is also before the internet, right? I mean, because oh yeah, yeah, way before. Wow, they must have shown sumo on TV though. I didn't see it. You never I saw wasn't it? interesting in it because I didn't know about it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So this funny thing after that, I told him I was going. I told him just, just I'm ready to go. As long as I don't. Um, burden my family. Right. I don't want. I don't know where I have to ask money for my parents to do something. And I, if you guys pay for everything, I'm gone. I'm going. And then you know, then I got. I went that day and got my passport, got all my visa work things done on my own. And then a week before I left to come, I told my parents I'm going to Japan. <laughs> and they look at me, what the hell? I go, well, what for are you going to Japan? I'll be a sumo instance. What the hell is sumo? Oh my God. I don't know, mommy. I'm going to find out. Where the hell is Japan? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm going to Japan. Somewhere over there on the other side of the airplane. But that's that's how it happened. I just, you know, I just came here blind. I had. So what happens on the first day that you come in? I mean, where do you live? What is the normal day in in a, the the first day of sumo for you? What did that look like? First day, the regular day in sumo is like, you don't, you're not part of the sumo here until you're officially Dixie. Oh, okay. So I arrived in June, mm-hmm. June 18th, June 18th, June 19th mm. in 1982. 82. So I get, I get there. I don't have any money because I told my parents I don't need any money. Right. Zero now. I have no money and I don't even have luggage. Only have a shoulder bag. And that was my shoulder bag I used in high school. Had my football, you know, my helmet sticker on it and everything. Had my Bible had my picture album with me and my family, and there was a slacks and a lower shirt and a pair of shoes that I thought I was gonna wear to come to Japan with. Right. But my mom made me a pareo. You know what those pareo is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Pareo is uh, those wraps that girls use when at the beach. Uh-huh. In Samoan culture, we wear it. Ah, okay, like a lava lava? Oh, you know lava lava. <laughs> yeah. So lava lava is a Samoan term of that. Pareo that use the girls use over their bikinis and stuff. Right, right. Well, that's tradition somewhere. So my mom made me a traditional one, right. and she bought me a T-shirt that says Samoa. Oh. So my first picture of me is with Samoa shirt with a lava lava that says Samoa, and then I was wearing slippers, and I had, and I don't know what my first picture. There was a cowboy hat that I was wearing. <laughs> I don't know who gave me the cowboy hat, but that's how I came to Japan. Wow. And then to find out when I got to Narita, I couldn't get out because I didn't have money to pay for my taxes. Oh my god. Because then you yes, have to that's like right. It's two, like two thousand yen, something, right? Two thousand yen yeah. to get out, two thousand yeah. yen to go in. Those days. So and you didn't I, have that. Yeah, I didn't have that. So I had some people on the on the plane who were from Japan. They knew I was. They paid for it. Then when I got out Narita, nobody was there waiting for me. Like, wow, how do I get from out here? I got it fast because I didn't have luggage, right? Right. So I go, wow, how do I get to Tokyo? Oh, you got to catch the bus. So I go, try to get on the bus. They say, you got to pay. Sun's the end. I go, oh, okay. I go, bah. I ask the local people, hey, you guys can help me. I don't have money to get on the bus. Wow. They paid for the bus and then I went to Hakozaki. And then I went there and that's when I saw like Jesse them there and then. 
and they went to the stable and finally that the day that day alone Shakai Ken had the media there watching me come in and then and then the following day I went to Nagoya and then <laughs> picked you days, up in the airport yeah. though come on man yeah. <laughs> I'm the, the only guy I'm nuts. the only guy that don't have a picture at the airport but everybody <laughs> else like Akebono Musashimaru all these other foreigners that came they get a picture at the airport or something but I don't even have a picture at the airport wow but that's how it started. Then I came and then and then started my career in Nagoya. Yeah. After the third day, I wasn't I wasn't a guest anymore. I was legally seskini sumotori. So he was uh, hey, are you okay? You have to go sit down and eat. The first two days, right? The third day. Right. Hey, what the hell are you doing? Get up. You gotta go clean up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Last to eat, last to last to shower, last to sleep, first to get up, you know. And that's where it all started, my life, you know. First to get up. Let's talk about that because you guys get up really early. Really, yeah. Right? Like my time was getting up at like four. Four o'clock. Because Sumobia at then, Takasakobe, we had like almost 40. Wow. So because it's one doyo. Would you say that that in that period in the 90s would be like the pinnacle of like the sumo? Because yeah. I think that it was like, it was really like a golden, golden time. moment because you had like the, all the OGs, the big names. Yeah. You had like Kitanomi. Yeah, and you had like Takano Sato, Chiono Fuji, and you had like guys like Wakashimazu, you know, superstars, Hokkenyu. Yeah. And these guys, these guys were like ass kicking sumotoris, man. <laughs> like, man, tough, man. But also back then, it's different because like the, the, the TV, I mean, there's always, because NHK has always been hosting uh, the yeah, sumo tournaments, yeah, yeah. right? So it's always live on TV, yeah. even today in, in Japan. And mm -hmm. they have what, six tournaments a year or Six tournaments. Days? They have three in Tokyo and one in Osaka is March, Nagoya is July, and then September, uh, I mean, November is Kyushu. Right. So now once you start sumo, bro, your cycle just goes on until you quit, man. Yeah. Because before you, like, you think you're up, you, next day, wow, you're on the road again. You go on the road between tournaments. And, like, right. I don't know how we did it, but, man, that's some huggishy stuff, man. That's, like, shit. Tell me some of the crazy stories because, I well, mean, you guys have, the, like, some of the hardest, like, senpai kohai in any martial arts that I know. I came from karate, yeah, did yeah, kind yeah. of something similar, mm. lived in a dojo for three years mm. and everything, but, but not like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, you have senpais that people watch over, you know, in probably karate and stuff. But our our case was not the real senpais was there. It's the ones in the middle. They're like the real uh, yeah. good-for-nothing a-holes that just trying to make it. You know, oh, we just, got that in karate they, too. They're just there for the crews. So they they, they kind of control the second floor. Yeah. But all the senpais, all the senior, top seniors, they're all upstairs. Mm. So like on a regular day, they, they, they're like acting like king downstairs. Go right. do this, go do that. Like some of the things that happened to me, I joined sumo. I think only my into my third third month. One of the senpais, us there was three of us, three four of us who was new to sumo. Yeah. So we're like sindeshis. They call us sindeshis. Mm -hmm. Then we started going to school, sumo school. But um, there was one garbage can that we forgot to take down. Oh. That we we didn't know. We just. Uh, so we all came back. You know what he did? And we all got beat up with bottles, oh, beer bottles, God. like get crack over our heads. So then you have to say, this, like, thank you. <laughs> so for me, I just go, thank you. I took the hit and look in his face. Oh, brother, I'm killing you tomorrow. <laughs> and yeah, for real, course. in those days, six months, within the six months that we went to school, yeah. when you could practice that at home on Sundays, uh -huh. Saturdays and Sundays, from Monday to Friday, we went to sumo school, the, new, the newcomers for six months. Right, right. Saturdays and Sundays were my freaking meal days, man, I tell you. <laughs> And the guy who did that to me, I put him in the hospital the oh. next day. 
He almost died, in fact. Wow. You know what I did? I hit him so hard and I dropped it. I dropped him on the ground and I knew exactly where he was dropping and I, I laid an elbow into his heart. Oh. By purposely. Like, boom. And he, wow. And he stopped breathing. Right. They had to rush him to the hospital. Oh, my God. So, I, you know. No, I, but I can I, relate to this. I can <laughs> totally relate so to this. The good thing about it, and that's the thing that kept me motivated and get me fired up every yeah. day, is that you had a couple of these a holes on the second floor treating you like shit. The other one is, so well, I used to sleep by the garbage can because I was the newest guy in the stable. Yeah. So, you know, like how you walk into your entrance? Yeah. From there, everybody's got their tongue already. And yeah. there's a garbage can here. Guys used to come in like crazy, all drunk and just pissing in there. Like, oh my. So I just, you know, cover myself up with my tongue and I look up, I look at his face. Okay. Killing you tomorrow. <laughs> so but isn't that the beauty of martial arts, though? I mean, because even in sumo, but karate is the same kind of thing. Like, because you get that chance to get back at these, exactly, you know, senpais that are just treating like shit. Yeah, but the, that's the good thing about this whole thing in in anything in life. To yeah. me, it's 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 a life learning um, lesson where you know there's times where you don't have the authority to do certain things, and people who have authority to do things to you, you either do two things: you turn around, kill the guy. Or you sit there and just look at him and find a way to get back to him right. legally. Yeah, that's why I said earlier in my, I said earlier in, in in my talks that I was always looking forward to kill somebody legally on this ring. Because <laughs> if I do it, it's legal, right? Yeah, true, so, true. And and you know I won't be arrested for killing somebody on the ring, but that's that and that's my mentality. So those are really powerful words that you're using there. I mean, this must. How does one? understand your feelings like how how much did it take them pushing you to get to that point because it's not it, it couldn't have started mm. like that it must have been like years of just being treated and mistreated wrong well you see it you see it every day and and like anything else you got to gain respect yeah you know and then soon it's simple man if you just kick people's asses they, they're going to be afraid to challenge you in practice right so sumo it's it's the way we practice in sumo is the winner gets to pick his opponents okay so, Mushiai, they call it. So, after, boom, 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 and then you get to pick your opponent. So, all these freaking guys who, who treated me like shit, I would actually point to them. When oh, I was, yeah. I pick you. So, once I started beating them up, every time I go, they all look away. <laughs> and I would grab their hand and pull them in. And my boss used to love that because he knew what exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I gained my respect. I beat the shit out of every single guy who think he was badass or treating yeah. me like shit. People started taking me out to dinner. Oh, nice. And people started not even asking me to do anything, even though I was shindeshi. All right. You know, I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew, bro. But you also, I mean, so your base was like, what, you were almost what, 300 pounds when you when you came here? Yeah, I was over 300 pounds. So that's what, that's, that's like 140 kilos. I was, more, yeah, I was about 140, 150 kilos. Let's talk a little bit about this weight, because mm. I, literally. I was always big. But 300, what was it? 287 kilos at the heaviest? No, I was even more than that. Kiroku, I think, is no, Manihaku 87, I think. So, it's, yeah. How? How well, does one go to get that big? Well, the thing is, I started getting big because I, I couldn't, because of my knee. I mm -hmm. got busted my knee. The one with Kitao. Yeah. One sumo, I busted my knee. I couldn't run as much as I did. And so sumo wrestlers actually run. I've seen this People, in the morning. You better know, but I was yeah. running, I was playing tennis, I played basketball, even at that weight. Yeah. You know, and I, I actually went to the gym on a bicycle from where I lived to Okachimachi. Yeah. Almost four or five days a week. Right. And then when I started to get top top in the, in the high ranks, I, I went and 
rented a garage for Hachimayan and got my own weights and I did, I did all my own weights at my not too far from my stable. Wow, that's cool. So that's where it comes. So my style of sumo had to change because it's more like power and trying to get stop movement and grab. Yeah. And just even that because they're technique wise they're way better than me. Right. So my my thing is I can get my right hand on. I can actually I wrestle better with my right hand. Mm. Grab brick grip. I can actually pull guys faster mm -hmm. and then move forward easier with, with the right grip. So once they got learning to that, then, then they started running towards the outside of my right side. So. Right, right, right. So, and that's where my bad knee was. So uh, it was hard to step into it all the time. Right. So the weight itself just came on naturally wow. because I, I wasn't doing the extra stuff I used to do. Right, right, yeah. right. So I was just trying to focus on, and when, once I bust my knee, I bust the shoulder first too. That's the left shoulder. Right. My second year, I think, my second, third yeah. year, the left shoulder. And then as injuries grow, you're finding out that you cannot do the things you used to do, you right. know? So you just had to, the weight actually helped me towards the end because the weight is what, I just stood there and right, tried right. to fighting guys come to me, you know? Yeah. And they would trick me into. How does it feel to be that big? I mean. I don't even feel big. That's the no. funny thing about them. There's a funny thing about home, even like, even right now sitting at, I don't like, I never thought of myself as big, but I look at them and wow, I'm a pretty big guy. There's this really, because I don't really, let I don't let that hold me back yeah. from doing things. Right. I like, I hate to say oh because he's big cannot do that. That's, I always was like to my high school. Right. I was always big in high school. Yeah. So I used to play a lot of basketball. I used to play a lot of the people. Oh, he's big. You know, I used to they, they know me in high school. We played a lot of basketball. <laughs> it's, it's insane. There's this really really famous photo of you with this mm. kid, where you're, oh, yeah, you're yeah, on, yeah. you know the one photo I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's. I like it's inside my head thinking, oh my God, like how is this even physically possible? Because, and I can see when you're actually moving, you're moving fast and strong. That, that one, two step is the most important step yeah. in sumo. Yeah. And you know, the breathing, if you can finish your match in one breath, then you're good. Yeah. Which is a lot of that got harder at the end because people would know how to trick me at the rope. And right, get right. me get the, with my, with, with my, with my speed, with my weight, I will get myself to the rope by them acting like they're getting pushed out, but actually they're, they're just timing the last part of the, right. once they hit the rope, it's a, it's a side step or, or like an inner step into me where they can actually trip me, right, you right. know? So a lot of techniques as you win, you get, and you, you move your movements and you're not as mobile as you are right. and stuff, you know? It's a fantastic sport. Um, so I was there when you break your freaking. Boom, bro. Oh, yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, I was there. You I was, were there. Yeah, I was watching there. it. Yeah. Oh, in Toyama. No, you did the other one at the dome too. You hurt yourself at the my dome. My nose. I broke my nose in the, Something. In the dome. Something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. That was pretty bad. Yeah, I was actually just watching that yesterday. Just randomly. Yeah. You ran stuff. Yeah, me too. I watched the one. You hardly see the one I break my knee because it's it's very kind of you know they kind of took that away from me because yeah. it was a replay yeah. that I busted my knee on. Oh, wow. But the first match, yeah. if you watch it, I put it up on Facebook like a month ago. Somebody posted, wow, because I hardly see it. Because yeah. they never went back and looked at it. Right, right, right. And that's the match actually changed my whole direction of how I supposed Everything to, changed there. That's right. exactly what I wrote on the, on the Facebook. This is the match that changed the direction of how I supposed to go to sumo now right. and how I supposed to last in this sport. So you kind of had to reinvent yourself there. 
I yeah, mean, but it's just like this, when we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but all not just the injuries, but your your heartbreaking um, experience with with the injustice of mm. the system. Actually, mm. I want to ask you about some of the other uh, mm. the the other Hawaiians uh, mm. that eventually I mean, Akimono went yeah, and yeah. became the first Yokozuna. And how was that feeling to see him actually become the first Yokozuna in front of you? He was so good because somebody had to make it, make right. it, you know. And then then they made it um, look like it's. We felt like it's Hawaii versus Japan, kind of, right. you know, and and I was the old dog, I was the OG, so I was always there pushing all these boys to come. Yeah, you guys gotta make it, man. You guys both gotta make it. So it felt so good when Chad made it, you know, because I actually helped train Chad a lot. Yeah, because we're same Ichimon, we're same same family stable. So I used to bring him all the time. Just used to bring him to the stable to train when he was. Moving up the ranks, and then Musashi Maru too. Well, I only could catch him at uh, our tours because uh, we wasn't family stable, so we right. wouldn't be able to practice with him. But I would actually go early to catch him because he was still moving up the ranks, young, right? Right. right. So I had to go early to catch him before he would before he would leave the ring right. and, and kind of work him out right on the ring doing tours and stuff. Right. And he hated that. He would tell, "Bruh, no come, bruh." <laughs> But so when you talk about tours, and maybe if people watching don't understand Similar what that is. tours, they go around Japan. There's these like one-day tournaments that... You, all over Japan. Right, all over the place. Yeah. I've actually, um, I was in a company a couple of years ago. It's not a couple of years ago, like 10, 12 years ago, I think, before CrossFit, where we, we hosted one of those tours. Mm. So I got the pleasure to come in and like set everything up and mm. see it from the, like, it's like a two, three-day thing, yeah, right? Because yeah. you have to set up and build the yeah, stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone comes in like really early. Yeah. They start, you know, practicing. Yeah. And, yeah. and then people can just like trickle in and yeah, they can yeah. watch, they watch the whole practice, practices yeah. and everything. It's really interesting to see. That's the interesting about the whole tour. You see things that you don't see um, on the TV because you only see them actually match. Because they're all and from they, different stables, yeah, right? Yeah, all from different stables. And you can actually watch younger kids. Right. Like you can, oh, this kid looks pretty good. And if you remember seeing him a year later, oh, that's the kids. He's sick now. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're a sumo fan, those things really stick out in your mind when you're watching. And that's what yeah. the tour is all about, is actually get you to go train with other guys too, who yeah. not from your Ichimon. Right, right, right. Because each month they always have uh, sessions where we can actually go and train with each other. Cool. So in so in karate we used to say degeiko. Degeiko. So, so same, thing, same, thing, yeah. same thing. So we would like go to other dojos and like mm. try and spar with mm. some of the big champs and stuff like yeah. that. It was really interesting because every time we'd go, it'd be war. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know real. the thing is, all the senpai is like makeru now. You know, so they don't say it loud, but like <laughs> in, everywhere in the back, like. You better not lose to them, right? <laughs> like everybody's talking under the burnt air. You better not lose to them. Same thing with Sumo. You get an oil carton. Everybody's pressure, bro. From the youngest kid, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, um, you, I don't know. There's so many questions I want to go into, but I mean, your story. So, so you so you finished Sumo uh, as a, you know, you. You end up, you do a dampachki, it's called? I yeah, think. yeah, I did right. my ceremony. Yeah. Uh, it was May 30th, 1998. 98. Yeah, May of 19. And you came in 82? I came in 82. Wow. How did that feel to like, cause, I mean, you cut It was hair. one of the happiest day and one of the saddest days. Like, you know, I was so grateful for, for Sumo and grateful for all the memories and the people I've met throughout Japan because that ceremony was unreal. Probably one of the biggest ever, you know, like sold out the place. You yeah. had Nitere, 
was actually doing it live during wow. the day. And then you had Fuji TV doing it live at night at the at Prince Hotel. They yeah. did the private the party. Yeah. After that, the after party with 2,000 something people there. Wow. And that's probably the first time I produced a show. Yeah. I actually put that all by myself. Oh, I, wow. I, I, the way I wanted it, it became like a nice show. When you walked in, there was a hula show going on. When people walked in, they had the taiko going on around the ring. And then when I approached the ring, they have this, the Hawaiian guards, actually the old-fashioned guards, they dress in the old guards yeah. in Hawaii. I bring them over to, and, and I made it like a, like a show. And, um, and just, you know, and, and that's where that other side of me started working, like promoter, kind right. of creator, like right. direction, director kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was so great because I got my family to come. I got my nice. dad to cut my hair, but my brothers to cut my hair. Yeah. You know, guys that I did sumo Musashi Maru, Akebono, all these guys, Chono Fuji, yeah. Takamiyama, they all got piece of my hair, right? So it, it's, it's, it was an amazing ceremony. Yeah. Not only because the feeling I got from it and the memories I was running through my head while I was cutting, people was cutting my hair, it's just, you know, the memories that you, it's in, it's finally over. Like, right, you know, right, right. It's a lot of load off your shoulders, man. Right, right, right. Like the stress. I don't it's know. It's very I, beautiful, I mean, though. I mean, it, it is would, a beautiful ceremony when you think about it. To like, it's such a great honor ceremony. Honor your, yeah. your, your whole career, right? Because I never got to do anything like that. I just basically yeah. faded out, yeah. and that's it. So, <laughs> so, so boy, the sumo wrestlers, when you, got to, when you get to the Makuchi, those days, they all kind of settle down at the end. Eh? Don Kotsky yeah. was part of, it's part of the sumo culture, yeah? Yeah. So I was fortunate to do it the way I did it, and um, it, it turned out to be a great, great event. People still talk about it, you know. Yeah. So, so I mean, you end up leaving sumo, and then so you're you're kind of reinventing yourself, you know. Mm. Um, I remember watching you on the kids' show, and I just care like Kony Chan, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. this. It's this, still going on too. Yeah, oh, doing, really? Still doing it. Eighteen years I've been oh, doing wow. that show. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So what what goes on in your head when you think, okay, what do I do now and what can I do? Because you also play music. Yeah. I want to talk about some of those things. Well, the first thing that happened is like everything kind of came to me before I started trying to create myself after sumo. Right. Because you got to remember uh, some of the things I did, I was still legally sumo. I didn't have my, I still had my chomagi. Some of the commercials I signed to some companies to do commercials. Mm -hmm. I can say no, but I did it. I did it when I was a sumo wrestler. Right. I kind of did all the deals on my own. I had nobody run my deals. I did all my deals. Wow. All my commercials, everything. I didn't belong to nobody. Even today, I don't belong to nobody. Wow. And I made the most money within those five years doing commercials. I had some big ass contracts that some of the, no Japanese ever had. Right. With those companies. Yeah. So. Was that okay to do that? I mean, the Sumo Kyoka is like really strict no, on I many things. No, I left already. Oh, you'd already left? And okay. I, I did the deals before I left, but ah, I was doing all these deals it. behind the doors. I told them, you guys, if you want to do it this way, I ain't coming. Oh, you know, Hustling, I, I love yeah, it. I was a hustler, man. <laughs> I'm like a gangster. <laughs> gangster, dope dealer, man. Like, you know, making the deal. But I did everything on my own. I, yeah. I went and... There's stories that I can I don't want to tell you on on here because you got to read the book because yeah. there's some stories I did it's like crazy stuff, but anyway I went and created my own company to actually what it does it just uh, self manage myself right right because when I was funny thing when I got hurt my first knee injury yeah I had some people like from Yoshimoto they came to the hospital oh wow to talk to me if, if I was interested you know and then even after um. Even after I retired, I had dinner with, uh, what's his name, that did uh, Morning Musume. 
。ああ、はいはいはい。あの、he actually, はい。I don't need you. I can speak different languages. <laughs> yeah. I can do VIP sumo. I can do whatever I want. I don't need anybody to try to tell me what I can do. I know what I can do. You don't know how much I can do. Right. So, you know, that's how it started. And I just went and created a company. And when I started, when the company had like 20 something workers. Wow. We did restaurants, we did、uh, bilingual schools, and all k i n d of stuff. Yeah. It got to a point when,、um, when it got close to when Tohoku happened 10 years、yeah. ago almost. Enough. It's gone. I'm not working to try to make everybody, all the 20 other people survive, finish. Just me and my wife and one secretary, that's it. So it's, it's been like that for a while now. Nice. Yeah, so, you know, everything I created, I created. What do you create? Konishiki is Konishiki. Like, But it's, it's, it's like, for, for people who don't know you, it's just like nuts because you've, I mean, I've been here for 30 years.、Yeah. Like this month, it's 30 years、mm. since I came to Japan. And I've like, known you for, for, for those 30 years.、Mm. Like, I saw you live on TV, and, and then you, know, you just create this whole new character. I went to see you live one time in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Okinawa. Yeah, Okinawa. You you came, yeah, you went back in the storm. It was nuts, man. Because, yeah, so I was staying down in Naha. You were yeah, up yeah, here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to drive Okuma, back. I was at Kuma Beach. Oh, my God. You went into the storm. Man, that typhoon, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Tell, man, Trees were falling over、I、all over the place. I hope this guy makes it back, man. Oh, Dude, I was scared shitless that day. And one time I scared you too on the street. I don't know if you remember. You was on your bike. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, and <laughs> I just rolled down the window. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I see you. Man, that was a beautiful bike, man. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was、so、a yeah, custom built、so、bike. My character itself is、yeah. it's what it is, man. I, I sang. Before I did sumo, I was a performer anyway. Yeah. In、true. high school. You know, I did jazz. I, I represented Hawaii at the jazz festival. I was a trombone player. Wow. And、um, I sang in church. I sang in high school. We, we did a Tristram group.、Yeah. And two of my friends are some of the best artists in Hawaii. One is a bass player who did、uh, famous with the guy Brother Is. Akibono Musashima, that's all. He's the bass player on that band. Oh, okay. And my other friend is a, is a great singer songwriter, Jeff Rasmussen, who we were the threesome that we did music in high school. Wow. So the stuff I do is it's no brainer.、Right? It's not like they had to send me to a freaking、right. voice trainer. To, <laughs> they, if they told me to go to voice trainer, I, I, would, I would flip my finger. Brother, I don't need a voice trainer. I've been singing、right. probably longer than the guy who's trying to train me.、Right. We grew up in a house where we had to get up at 3 30 in the morning, sing a church hymn, listen to my dad pray, and he would go to work, and then we have to get ready to go to school. This was every single day. Wow. And six o'clock in the evening, Before we even get our dinner, it was our prayers and our song. We had to sing our church songs every single day. Not one day is missed. Wow. To the day my dad died, he was still like that last year. Oh, may he rest in peace. It was、yeah. very beautiful to kind of like, there's a whole process to like、yeah. the way you guys say goodbye. And, and like, yeah, it was so yeah. beautiful. Even、yeah. my heart is so warm because I, I was just in Hawaii. I came back,、uh, I went there in January to celebrate his one year. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, my dad was such a. Happy person, he likes、yeah. to sing, he likes to dance. So, I made sure my family u n d e r s t a n d that we're not here. To, I don't want anybody tearing and crying. And all. You guys save that for your own time. No, this is family time. Celebrate dad. We're gonna party, man. I mean, <laughs> the church was so fun. I had my cousin coming from Indiana 
he's a, a assembly of God preacher. So he's, oh, amen. Like he just kept it going. <laughs> and the best thing about the whole thing, my family didn't know. I filmed my dad six years ago. He was preaching at his own funeral. Oh, wow. He preached, he prayed, and he said his last words to his family. Six years ago, I wow. created that video. That's really so, beautiful. So was, right now, personally, um, I found out last year my, my mom has cancer. Mm. And so this might be the last year that mm. she's alive. And But I feel that because we know this, that it's coming, yeah. I started doing something that I never did for the last 30 years. Mm. It's like I'm, I'm either calling her every day or I'm like sending her a little video and it's like checking in yeah. on her. And it's just like, it just brought us way closer together. Yeah. The thing is, we live far away. And that's, and that's the people tell me, what's the hardest thing about your whole career? I said, mm -hmm. I couldn't be home for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I couldn't be home for my brother's funeral, my sister's funeral. Yeah. You know, don't, I made my mom's funeral, but when I got to the hospital, she died already. Yeah. You know? So, like, stuff like that, people don't know. That's the crucial thing about being a foreigner in Japan, yeah. having a career. Yeah. Because I think your family is just as supportive as my dad and my family. They didn't care when I when when I when I cried on the phone. Man, I I want to come home. I like I want to see my sister. I want to see my brother. My dad would just hey, he ain't gonna bring them back. You know you did so good. What you gonna do from here on? Just make people happy. You know just go ahead. Your sister and his brother understand that. Yeah. So you know to understand that and to take it. That was the hardest thing about everything. You you were part of nothing. Yeah. I don't even know half of my brothers, my brothers and sisters' kids. Because I've been far away. Thanks exactly. to thanks to Facebook that we can contact each other. But it's true though. It's really true. I mean, I I remember so back in the nineties. I mean, it was before the internet, and said so the only real connection that I had to my family was when we used to buy the fake telephone cards <laughs> from the Iranians. Yeah, yeah, went away, went away, went away. Go to win on like buy like in and buy know, a whole bunch. Of, exactly, like, and they put it in just to last five seconds. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So I, well, so I used to buy and then call back home, mm -hmm. but this was the only real contact I had. So. So I originally came just to stay for three years. Yeah. And then, so for the first two years, my mom was like, hey, you can always come home if it's hard, you know? And I was like, no, mom, I'm going to try a little bit harder. Do the same, man. Man, in the last year, when there was one year to go, she yeah. said, you ain't coming home until you're done. <laughs> you know, funny thing, this happened to me, to my mom. Yeah. So something happened, and this is such a funny story. I tell them all the time. Um, I'm like doing sumo two years into my sumo already, you know, Makunuchi. Oh. And I'm sending my mom money every month. Like, I'm sending her like Sanjiman or Kojiman every month now. Yeah. My, once I get my salary, I send. And like, after two years, and like, she's like, every time I call her, she's like, come home. And like, I'm thinking to myself, how come, you know, I'm helping out the family. You want me to come home? And then she didn't know that I was sending money because she wasn't checking her bank account because uh -huh. she never had money in her bank account. Right, right, right. So one day, I, I, call, I talked to my sister, my younger sister, hey, you know what you can do for me? Can you take mom to the bank and tell him go check her bank account? And then, okay. So she went and like, that's the first time when she walked, my mom was real somewhere and like, she's wearing a lava lava. She's wearing a t-shirt, a half cut t-shirt with my face on it. And you know, no makeup lady. She's real old school. And she walks in and then the guys at the bank runs up to her. Oh, here, Mrs. Artisan, like, come here, like, come here, come here, come here. And then, and, uh, and she's telling, because she don't speak English, right? Mm. She's someone, right? She's telling my sister, how come they're sending me over here? I don't know, mom. We just got to go. So they went and then they show her bank account. Yeah. You have like almost 40 something thousand dollars in here. And then she looks and then, how come? She goes, how come? <laughs> Is he doing drugs? Is he selling drugs? <laughs> He's telling my sister if I'm doing drugs in Japan. 
<laughs> and no, no, this is from his winnings and the way from he gets paid every he's sending money. So ever since the phone call, ever since she saw that the phone call changed. She oh goes, yeah. We'll never come back. <laughs> Keep on going. She started Keep learning. <laughs> she started learning all the Sumerians names and everything. I was like tripping. Oh, mom, you can't even remember my friend's names. You know all the Sumerians, man. She became like the wild one. Like, and you know, dad was the one always with you very emotional. Ah, oh, son, I know you try so hard. Like he's on the yeah. phone, and mom's like, "Why are you talking like that to them? Tell them I have a freaking win. I could be lost to talk to you. Like, like she's yelling at me. Like, that was so funny. So, how does it feel? Okay. So how does it feel to go back to Hawaii? Mm. How how are you welcomed in Hawaii? I mean, you're, cause I'm you're laid back, bro. Legend, Hawaii's right? laid back, yeah. man. I go back. I do a lot of things for my community. I've done carnivals, sponsored the whole carnivals. I've donated like over seventy thousand dollars to the schools. I just did a a, a a food drive this past trip. Yeah. You know, for my I spent like about ten grand just to to help my community because yeah. all the people because in in my dad's name to his members of his one year and stuff. So yeah. I go home, I, I like to be home because I'm just like the other boy from down the street, and that's how they treat me. All the, all the grandmas and grandpas, hey, son, how you doing? Right. Oh, how is it, auntie, how you doing? Hey, uncle, what you doing? Hey, how you doing? When you came home, like, you know, it's it's like that. Yeah. You know, you know. I've never, I know I have to, like, try to hide myself when I'm in my community. You right. know, I'm sitting at the, hey, how's it, brother? What you get, bro? Oh, eating this? Oh, oh, how you doing? It's that kind, real casual. Right, right, right. So I feel very comfortable when I go to Hawaii. Hawaii's just another beast, man. They just, right. you know, they just let us do what we got to do, you know. Yeah. You know, some of the UFC fighters are from my side. That's why Max is from my side. Wow. Yeah, Max is just down the road. <laughs> a lot of fighters on our side. I think kids, if we, we, people had money to invest into a super good high-end, like, gym on my side, Cause we we had some of the best boxing. My classmate was a WA, WBA uh, world class uh, champion in boxing. Wow. We have, in fact, we had a few from our side. Right, right, right. So Max, them being top in UFC, it's it's not, it's it's kind of, oh okay, it's yeah. just one of the champions. Because <laughs> a lot of champions come out of our side. A lot of just fighters. Just natural, like natural big bones. It's strong. funny. I was just talking about that yeah. when I was talking about how we used to fight in Hawaii. Mm. If I watch like people in the mainland fight, they're like, like they just, but you just watch kids from even from school. You know, come on, bro, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. but and they got kicks, they got everything, bro. They, you can see fight like fight. They right, boxing right. like the good thing about us, we all learn how to fight. And once you once you get beat up, you you lose the fight. You hug each other and then you become friends. That's hilarious. Real clean. That's hilarious. Real clean. Like yeah. all the time, like street fights. We have it. We have it. You watch it and, and just on one on one, people just stand there. Go go get them, bro. <laughs> You've never girls. seen this in Denmark, by the way. You've never seen this in Denmark. <laughs> even, even even girls. The girls used to come pick up one of my younger sisters. Oh, yeah. And they used to come to the house. So my dad would come out. Okay, you 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 go fight my daughter. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, guys, come, come inside so you guys don't get banged by the car. You guys come. And they would just let them fight. Oh. <laughs> my my dad is watching her his daughter getting bras pulled out and all the titties hanging out. And he just watch them. Okay, you guys good? Satisfied? Okay. Okay, go home now. <laughs> That's how he was. That's hilarious. Yeah, so how many brothers and sisters do you have? Ten, ten in the family. Ten? ten in the family. I'm wow. the youngest boy. It's like my fiance. They're like 11 siblings. Ooh. Yeah. And even they those get, girls, they get at it too. Like oh, the sisters get at it. <laughs> that's the worst, bro. Yeah. You know, the boss is the is the, da the dad and mom, right? So yeah. we, the thing is, if I 
do something to my sister or the sister, I'm the one going to get beat up from my parents. My dad would like beat the shit out of me. Like, oh yeah, and you, you can't know? really fight back on that one, can you? <laughs> you can't. You can't. Then that's that's by law in our house. Yeah. Uh, my dad, the words that he hated us to say when he called you, hey Saleh, you cannot say the word wait. Why is that? Because when you say wait, you get you get you get your ass kicked, man. Wow. It's not allowed. You don't tell your dad wait. You ah, don't tell okay. your mom wait. Of course. So that's so when your parents call you, they ever said the word wait. <laughs> my dad was so strict. I tell you, like, I used to go to the beach like for thirty minutes, and then I would be like late for like one two minutes, like walking back with my board. He's standing by the fence like this. Hey, what time now? <laughs> oh, sorry, dad. Thirty-two. What? What I told you. Thirty. How are you good to me like boom water holes whoop back whoop back whoop back don't do it again sorry dad <laughs> but worst time i got beat up when i was 15 years old i went i was playing instruments for the church uh -huh. for the choir yeah and this choir was actually doing the choir practice at my house right we had a huge garage like six car garage so they did use the garage for choir practice on yeah. saturday and i left to go and the waves are pumping so i went body surfing and I was like surfing all day and then I remember holy shit we got choir practice oh bro <laughs> I was all wet had my boogie board and like running as fast as I can oh shit and in my head I said oh man we'll get killed oh man we'll get killed I walk I see turn the corner my daddy's standing by the fence oh here we go he's looking at me I just put my head down I knew that was coming no words <laughs> He whipped me up so bad, you know, with the water hose and uh -huh. wet from salt water. Oh, yeah. You ever got hit with that? Uh, no, thank you. Bro, <laughs> my back was all ripped up. Oh. And I couldn't sleep on my back for three days. I had to sit on a chair like this and sleep because I couldn't get back. And you know what my dad said? That's why they got hospitals for, to cure things like that. <laughs> and you know, after getting beat up, I was getting hit bit up in the front of the church choir and, oh. the, and like you know you're 15 years old you know it's when you like checking out the girls already you know like so embarrassing fucking me and my surf shorts and me like oh. and, he, and then after he beat the shit out of me he tells me grab your fucking saxophone and, and i'm over to play oh my god <laughs> with no shirt on my bad my back bleeding and I, oh my god that's the last time he did that to me. He never did that to me again. He just said, Well, obviously you learned something, right? Oh, fuck, I always <laughs> learned something. You know, like, it's funny because, you know, my friends in high school, they used to smoke, right? Yeah. And I never got into smoking or drinking in high school, but they, I used to used to be like the driver for my friends. Every time they get stoned or get drunk, we're high school now. Yeah. I had to sneak them in their home so their parents don't, don't bust them. Right. So the funny thing about them, they tell, bro, you just smoke, bro. You know, just thinking of it, I'm afraid of it. I think my father can hear me think. <laughs> <laughs> That's how scared I was. So you know, I wow. was afraid. I was afraid of my dad because he, he was telling him, "Bro, your dad and here we stay in freaking UH. How are you going know, bro? Yeah. My father can hear me 10, 20 million miles away. Respect. Me thinking, Respect. me thinking marijuana, bro. Freak you guys. You guys smoke. I don't give a shit. <laughs> wow. That's, that's kind of like my dad was, man. I miss him, but he's. He's the man. He, he deserves his time. Beautiful stories. Some of them terrifying, but beautiful stories oh, for man. sure. Terrifying, but you know, it's funny. Yeah. As he gets older, he tells the stories to his, to my friends when they come over to the house. 
And he cries. He said, you know, I know it was hard for my kids, but yeah. I had to do that because the area we lived in, yeah. it's like hardcore. You got guys doing drugs and, you know, my own classmates kill each other. Yeah. You know, and, and we're just like neighbors, you know. But this, this is kind this. of something like that most people don't understand. Like everyone thinks Hawaii and they think like hula dancing, right? It's pretty hardcore actually well, when you live I'm there, right? Well, people hardcore, there's a few crazy people out there, but you, that's why you always have to be alert, you know? And that's why how my dad teaches taught everybody how to fight. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially Hawaii, Hawaii in a whole, the kids all know how to fight. Yeah. I guess the fathers teach them or the uncles teach them how to fight. You got to protect yourself all the time. It's funny. It's a natural thing. Like people like, they don't like to fight, but they know how to fight. Right, they're right, not, right. They're not like swinging like crazy. Yeah. They'll be waiting and docking. And, 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 and actually, they even because of you guys and kicking, boxing, all that, everybody know how to kick too now. Right, right, They're low right. kicking everything. Yeah. Bro, these kids that watch them on YouTube are like crazy. Oh, wow. They're learning a lot, man. I kind of feel like also because like when when you look at martial arts and like what what the UFC did to martial arts and now that we're talking a little bit about mm -hmm. that it's like we, we saw the transformation with the Hoist Gracies yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. all the Gracies right when they started like you know choking mm -hmm. everyone yeah. out and then the evolution of yeah. mixed martial arts has been amazing to watch over the last thirty years yeah and now it's like you know, they don't even go to the ground before it was like yeah, all yeah. going to the ground yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. Not, they stand up now but you know what is getting popular now is the grapplers oh yeah the grapplers the grapplers there's tournaments that go grapplers now yeah it's so interesting. I watch it a lot yeah. because you have to use like a chemistry, is, oh, your brain, yeah. right? You got to actually figure things out. And actually, you don't even have to use your eyes in grappling. No, you don't. It's the feel, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And watching these guys, wow, man, they're just feeling this. Up. They're just twisting and getting in and out like, you know. I got this one coach, right? So he's from South Africa. Yeah. And so he started going to this specialist. I think it's somewhere, it's somewhere here in Tokyo. I can't remember where it is. But so this this guy's thing is like the, the heel hold. So mm. it's like he he'll like spin around yeah. and grab you and take your heel, right? Mm. So all he does is he's the, all they spent last three months is like trying to grab people's heels. <laughs> so he's so excited. He comes to me the other day, he goes, Oh Nick, I just, you know, I popped this guy's heel today. And I was like, dude, you're way too intense for me. <laughs> it's like I walked away we 10 years ago. Already, yep. <laughs> So, anyway, um, it's been a really fantastic talk. I think we should talk a little about your cool hat because you've got a brand. Oh, yeah. Where can one buy this stuff? This is uh, only exclusive in Japan, so you only have one of the 144 hats. Oh, really? Yeah. This is the first brand. This yep. is the first um, design that came mm -hmm. out. If you look at it, it's different. Yeah. The mark on yours is bigger. We can see them like yeah. this. Yeah. And then, actually, what you see is it's a sumo. I got a, yeah. The logo itself is this logo. Yeah. It's actually the sumo oicho. Oicho oh. is only the high rankers. There's only 60 of them who are high ranking sumo wrestlers. Wow. So that represents the oicho. Oh, and then you have the, the skinny sen, the, mm -hmm. sen, the line in the middle that shows that, you know. Yeah. And then you have the M and the U, and then the, the doyo, the ring, creates the O. Right. So, the right. so it took me three years to create this. I, cool. I was working so hard to, I, I didn't come out right, right? So I got away. And people asking, how come you got. The reason why I got this M U and M kind of unbalanced, different sizes, because, yeah. like I said, you know, in, in our talk, that sumo is the only contact sport that doesn't have weight classes. Right. So that's why the thinner, the thicker, the the medium, the muscle, it's it's all different right. sizes. So that's where. It, and then, this is you know what you use for katana. Yes, your hand? yes, yes. And that's and that's the shape of it. And then Hawaii, we have this what we call the mailele. We use this for protection. We use for we use this for um, always blessing things, so it's a very special um, leaf that we use. It's called right. maile. Right. So that's this part of the stuff. So that's the design of this, but that's the yep. logo. Is this? Then you have my my company logo on there. Yep. 
and then it's a new era hat. That's why it's it's very unusual. So I started this too last year because there was nothing going on, and right. then I have my barbecue sauce that I've been doing. The barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce started last year. Yeah, yeah. when I, I don't do entertainment, I'm cooking. Right. <laughs> yeah. I did 47 cookouts this, last year. Wow. From July to December. And um, it's all on uh, konishiki.base.shop. So the hats are going on fast. Yeah. Like this things things came out and it sold out in two weeks. It took two weeks or two months, I mean. But this one just came out. Yeah. In fact, last week, I already sold like 25. Nice. Well, so I'm lucky to get one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we let you go and just really well, you wanted know, to thank you for I'm, your time I'm coming first, on today? I want to thank you for having me because one of the things that a lot of foreigners learn from us is lasting to Japan. Japan is not an easy place to live in. No. But af after you kind of learn and kind of be part of the culture, then you kind of understand the way they look at things, you know? Not everything is perfect, but compared to some of the things that we had to go through in our own countries, it might might be better, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm so glad that uh, Sumo gave me the opportunity to do what I do. You know, I, I love Sumo and I'm, I'm trying everything I can from my side to try to help and you know, uh, help sumo. I did a sumo tour two years ago. It was great success out to Seattle, LA. We did 11 shows and we sold out. Yeah. And my tickets are more expensive than the regular sumo tournaments. Yeah. So I know there's a promising um, market for sumo because I've been getting through the whole Corona thing. People are like calling me from Asia, Australia, Canada. In the US, there's actually many amateur sumo going on. So you know, never know. I might create a new Sumo World Sumo Association where I go and shop some of the best big boys that who can move, yeah. who can work, and create something, you know, in the future. That's where my Sumo uh, goal is. But my goal is to actually work with the Sumo Association. Ho hope they were more lenient and more understanding yeah. to market their place because they're big time. But they don't see that. You know, it's just sad right. to know. But I deal with them a lot because I go and see them, because the guys who run Sumo Association now is the same guys that I wrestle with mm -hmm. my time. So the guys who are running right now is... So my goal is to actually expand Sumo to the next level. If with or without the association, I'm right. going to do it. Nice. So that's, you know... Giving back uh, to the yeah. community. That's awesome. That's great stuff, yeah. man. You know, and, you know, I hope we can encourage and inspire some of the foreigners that listen. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a great place. It's what you do with what you have, you yeah. know. Most of the time and respect just respect people's spaces you know exactly yeah. well it's been an honor for you thank you to for come having on me show. i'm really great. happy it's just like been, been a, a fan talk. for decades I'm just gonna hey, keep... oh, same here man yeah yes. watching you guys the, you guys stirred up something huge that k1 thing and <laughs> the, the pride thing that started you guys all started that's that's what you see in ufc yeah it that's took, so true they took two of the best they took pride and K1 and put it together that they have UFC. So, you know, yeah. Pretty much, pretty I, much. I see it that way, you know. But man, thank you very much. Yeah, man. Thank you. Good luck with your future endeavors you too, and everything. Um, see you around. Please uh, subscribe to the channel and set subscribe, the reminder. Subscribe, guys. Yep. Subscribe. And Aloha. You, and you, if you have anybody you want the man to interview, let them know. Now you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, bro. thank you very much. This is it. <laughs>